Hello everybody, welcome to the very first episode of the Defending the Line podcast. Go ahead and unmute myself on Discord now. My name is TJ and I'm going to be your host for this podcast. Um, This will be a weekly podcast on every Friday. We will start at 10 p.m. Eastern and uh, we'll run for about an hour. If this turns out and starts becoming a big thing, we may go to two hours, we may go to twice a week. We'll see. Um, Basically how and and what this podcast is, is um, I was a law enforcement officer for the last 14 years. Law enforcement in general is very important to me. EMS, fire, all these, all these people on the front lines are really important to me. Military as well. I was in the military. And I'll talk more about that here in a minute. But um, we're at a point now in this country where um, protesters are just going out and, and bad-mouthing police and trashing first responders. And I think it's terrible. And I think at this point in time, we as civilians, I'm a civilian now, we need to step up and get loud and start defending the people that defend us. And that is the purpose of this podcast. I will discuss topics, hot topics, um, hard to discuss topics. I'll show videos, break down some you know, tactics and why things occurred and, and how it could have been done better or worse or whatever. And I will do my best to present law enforcement, first responders, everybody in a positive light. But um, I want to remain as neutral as I possibly can because I think every person in media and and these um, different podcasts and things, they have an agenda. And I I think the agenda gets in the way. I think it's problematic and I don't think we're going to solve any, any issues. Um, by having that agenda. And so the point is to try and be as neutral as I possibly can, understanding that there's good and there's bad in every profession and uh, in first responders as a whole. So this podcast will run on Twitch for now. It may eventually move to another platform, uh, iHeartRadio or Pandora or something like that. Once the podcast is completed, it will be uploaded to YouTube and you'll have an opportunity to download it and view it again there. This channel is not an affiliate. This channel is not uh, a partner for Twitch. And I can't maintain the record of the video for more than a couple days. So I will upload it to YouTube. That link will be available on the Twitter account for Defending the Line. You can find that at Defending the LN Line on Twitter. I will post up there a link, direct link to the YouTube channel to the direct video for the episode and you'll be able to download it I'd give it about a day or so uh, for the upload so talking about uh, let's see here oh rules we got to cover the rules so the way things are gonna work here is myself possibly a co-host possibly guests will come on here and speak about topics and different things pertaining to first responders We will try to keep it as clean as possible as you're coming into this channel and um, viewing the stream. It would have already told you that this is kind of an adult-oriented channel. I will try and refrain from cursing as much as I possibly can. There will be no adult content posted, certainly um, no deaths and things like that. So if I do a video breakdown, I'm going to try to blur things out or cut things out. I don't like sharing death videos myself. It's just not something that I'm comfortable with. I don't think if I'm a family member, a son, a daughter or whatever, and I'm going online and I just happen upon a video of my dad or my mother or my uncle or brother or whatever dying, um, that shouldn't occur. I think it's terrible that they release those videos and that's a whole completely different um, issue that will be talked about at another time. So you will not find that content at all. We will try to keep it as clean as we can. The guests that come in here will have to adhere by a set of rules, and there will be rules posted on the Discord that they will have to follow as well. If you want to join in in the conversation later on in the podcast, you will have an opportunity to join us in Discord, which is down below at the bottom of the channel. You can click on the little link. It'll open up the Discord server. 
you will have to register, join the server, and you will be given the opportunity to speak with us, with myself or a co-host or a guest, uh, directly, live, and as we're talking now, they'll, they'll be, be able to speak. So the Discord is very important. I will show that Discord later on in the podcast in a few minutes just to show you what it looks like, where to go, and how, how, how that works. The Twitter itself, make sure you follow, is also down at the bottom of this channel. You'll see a link. There's a uh, kind of like latest tweets. You can click on that. It'll go straight to the Twitter page, and you can follow me there. Um, we will be periodically posting videos and things that we come across on the internet that are, relate to first responders, as well as commenting on videos and things that we see. So uh, it's very important that you follow us on Twitter as well. So I will show you my setup here. So this is the Discord on the right-hand side. You can see that we have different channels. Um, we have a section here for news and information. We have uh, news as it per pertains to different things, whether it be first responders, gaming, movies, music, things like that. These are things we find around on the internet, stories, articles, things like that we'll share in those channels. You can see a live broadcast section in the middle here. This viewer discussions channel is for you to go in and just type chat. Um, this is just text-based and you guys can, can talk about what we're talking about. There'll be moderators at some point in there that will monitor the dialogue and make sure that things are, are keeping clean and, and following the rules and things like that. But you'll have an opportunity to go in there and speak as well. We will occasionally go to that channel for comment and pull some things out of there as, uh, as we see it. There is a live section uh, just below that. Obviously, you can see myself, and I'll talk about Kilo here in a minute, but he's joined us as well. And there is a green room below that. That's where the guests are going to come in, and they're going to sit and wait before I pull them into the channel. And then uh, at that point, they'll, they'll, they'll be joining us for whatever segment that they're coming in for. I hope to have a guest for every podcast. There may be times where I don't. There may be times where I'll have more than one. I may have uh, multiple multiple guests. So um, that's what that green room is for. The channel directly below that is really important because it's for you. You as the viewer of the podcast can come in, join that channel, and then when we get to the section where we ask for your viewer comments, I'm going to pull you from that channel and give you the opportunity to speak. And so just sending text is great, but actually being able to voice whatever your concern is, comment, whatever you want to say, uh, is really important. And I think we want to get that out and give you the opportunity. Think of it like the call line for a radio station. You call in, you say, I want to comment on the story that you're talking about. That's how we're going to pull you in and manage that. There is a first responder section here. I'm not going to click on it because there's some stuff in there that's not for, for public consumption. This will eventually be... Uh, available for only first responders and there's a verification process for that to allow you access to that section. The general public will not see that section. Only first responders will have that. Uh, we have a section for gaming, PC, console. We have general discussions. There's a po podcast specific channel. Let's say you download the podcast and you're like, whoa, your voice is too loud or the music or whatever. Something was wrong. You can post it in that channel and let us know and, uh, and we'll go ahead and make changes as we go forward. Uh, music, photos, there's a general chatter for, if you want to just come in Discord and one day, you know, you're hanging out, you're chatting with somebody and they say, hey, let's go to voice, you can go right into one of those channels and talk. That's for you, that's for the community. And then there's some staff stuff down here. I'm not going to click on that either because there's some hidden stuff there. So this is our Discord. This is what we're going to use primarily for the backend stuff and allow people the opportunity to talk with us. So please click on that Discord button, join us and uh, we're gonna have some fun. So I will go ahead and introduce myself. My name is TJ. I have with me uh, today's kind of co-host, kind of guest is uh, Kilo. I've known him for about probably 10 years or so online. Um, never met him in person, but the two of us have uh, played games together. Um, we've all over the internet, every single different game you could possibly think of. Um, we've done a lot of gaming together and we just, We'll sit and chat and, I mean, anywhere between a minute and an hour. And uh, he's, a, he's a cool dude. He's got an interesting background. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. But uh, I know him by many names, and, and Kilo is the one he uses online. So, Kilo? 
Well, um, I'm Kilo. You can call me Steven is my first name. Um, I've, uh, I'm military myself. I did uh, five years active duty component U.S. Army. Um, MP Corps, so uh, a little bit different than, than civilian stuff. Um, also kind of cross-trained in some uh, medical field stuff, just like uh, most military people do. Um, but I'm uh, pretty stoked to be here. Um, pretty stoked to be here on uh, get to you know do something cool uh, on episode one. Cool. So I'm glad to have you here. Obviously, we, we go back quite a way, so we both know each other pretty well. You know, kind of my approach and my stance on a lot of topics that we've talked about. So um, should be interesting to see how the rest of the podcast goes. And uh, if you're going to join us in the future. It'll be uh, interesting to see where that goes as well. So my background, uh, again, my name is TJ. I was a police officer for the last 14 years. The first department that I served in was the Denver Police Department. Uh, that was from 2005 to 2017. And after that, uh, I joined a reserve unit for about a year, uh, worked my way up to captain. And then from there, I went back to full-time policing, paid, paid policing, because the reserve was unpaid. And I joined the Commerce City Police Department in Colorado here. I was there for about a year and then uh, I changed careers. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that fact factored into that. Um, I, I, I think the, the biggest thing that really impacted uh, my, my career decision, my, my determination to, uh, to, to change was going down one day and talking to my son and, and not realizing you know, what his favorite stuff is, um, not realizing what he's doing half the time because I go to work, I come home, I go to sleep, I go to court, I go to work, I come home, I go to sleep. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time, and even on my days off, I didn't have a lot of time to spend with my family and just crazy schedules and sleeping days and working nights, and it just didn't, it didn't work out really well, and ultimately, um, you know, it's, it was something I needed to change. So now... I'm doing photography full time, and I have my own little studio, which we're in right now. You can't really see it, but uh, this is my photography studio, as well as now my podcast studio. And I will be doing this podcast every week, so we'll see where that goes. That might actually take over my life. Um, we'll see. I, before the uh, law enforcement, I was in the military, I was in the United States Marine Corps. I was in the infantry as a machine gunner, and I deployed multiple times to multiple different countries. I was in Iraq during the initial invasion in March of 2003, I think is what it was. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been quite the life for me. So I have some opinions, I have some, some knowledge, I have some information, and uh, hopefully it uh, translates well going forward on the podcast. So the first kind of topic I wanted to hit on um, and we'll show a video after this, after kind of talking about it, is something that has always been the case. It's always been talked about. It's always been protested. It's always been um, an issue. And, and Kilo, you can chime in whenever you want. If, you, if you've heard things or seen things that uh, correlate with what I'm talking about. But um, the big complaint is officers kill too many people. And, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all these things are started because um, they believe that people are being killed, especially unarmed or specifically unarmed. And I'm here to tell you that's just not the case. And what I want to do is I want to go ahead and transition over to my Twitter page here. This is my personal Twitter page where I have the statistics actually posted. And what you what you can do is break it down yourself. You can go online, you can go to my account here, and you can pull up these three sources that I, that I posted links to. And the links will give you the numbers and everything else, and you can punch them yourself, and you can look into all this stuff and, and understand um, a little bit more where law enforcement, specifically law enforcement, is coming from. Again, this is a, an all first responder podcast, but um, specifically the first topic today I wanted to hit on was was the major complaint of people and armed people being killed. So on average, every year, law enforcement comes into contact with millions of people, millions. And I saw a number that was 60 million. I saw a number that was 100 plus million. I saw 
um, all sorts of numbers in between there. I actually brought that number down to 50 million, um, basing it off of the decline. There was a small decline in the number of contacts that were actually reported. And that was the best number I could get. The second number, this 1,004, that is the total number of people shot and killed. Not shot, but shot and killed. So that's important to note as well because there's probably more people shot that don't die, um, obviously, from law enforcement. But uh, what I want to focus on is, is the death part because that is the major complaint, right? Isn't the major complaint that law enforcement is out of control, they're going out there, they're killing people, uh, they're judge, jury, and executioner, and all that stuff that we keep hearing, right? So unarmed people, 29. 29 people in 2019 were killed by police that were unarmed. Now, one thing to note about being unarmed is you're not, unarmed does not equal not a threat. So you can be unarmed and be choking the officer and, and they're close to passing out and they're about to, to suffocate and they shoot the guy. That, that is a guy who's unarmed, but he is definitely clearly a threat. Um, there's a video floating around on the internet where a guy with a knife he is charging at the officer. The officer's backing up, backing up, backing up. He walks for like a mile backwards away from this guy. And ultimately, at the end of the video, he grabs the officer around the neck and he's holding the officer. And I don't know if at that point he had the knife or not. Um, I haven't looked that close. But even if he's choking that officer to death, the other one shoots him and rightfully so. So understand that just because you're unarmed doesn't make you not a threat. Uh, Kilo, do you, you have anything on that? I mean, yeah, so I didn't um, I didn't get a list of things before the podcast started. So all these numbers are new to me. 50 million. I mean, even if you cut that in half again, that's still a lot of contacts, you know. Um, and, and several of those are probably just personal communication skills. I mean, everybody uh, is trained to talk people down. I mean, that's basically police's best weapon over a taser, over a pepper spray, over, over a gun. Um, and so, you know, 29, it, it's, tw it's still 29, right? Um, the best thing would be to see it to be zero, uh, of course. But um, like you're saying, I mean, you just because you're, you don't have a weapon doesn't mean you can't kill somebody. I mean, it's still dangerous, still extremely dangerous. Even, um, I mean, you got people that could, they could be on drugs. They could be, you know, when that adrenaline's going, people do crazy stuff. It doesn't matter if they got a weapon or not. Um, you know, especially if you're, you're a smaller individual, uh, on the police force. Right. You know, and you talk about, uh, training and things like that. Officers are trained all the time on de-escalation. Uh, one of the big complaints right now on the on the internet and everywhere else is that officers need better training. That six months in an academy isn't enough. That they're not de-escalating enough. Things like that. But what they don't understand, I think the the average civilian doesn't understand, is that things happen in a split second. And you could go and approach somebody. Say, hey, man, how's it going? And boom, they pull out a knife or a gun and that's it. You know, it's just a split second of you just saying hi. It could turn deadly. And I think people don't understand that that occurs. Um, they watch these body cam videos, which are amazing. I carried a body cam for many years and they were absolutely amazing. Um, they watch this 5, 10, 15 second clip and they think they've got it figured out. And then it comes down later that, oh, actually, there's this video and this video and this video that show this guy just stabbed 12 people and he's actually got the knife behind his behind the back of his leg but in the 5 10 15 second clip you see his hand and you think he's unarmed and that's just not the case and i think there's a lot of confusion there um, as much as the internet is amazing and we're on it right now talking about things um, it sucks too and i think it's being used and abused and um, you know i think that the 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 wrong message is out there because people are not understanding of what law enforcement goes through. They don't have the statistics and they don't think 
about the scenarios. They just think cop, person, death, and it's not as simple as one, two, and three. So we look at those numbers again. Uh, the chance of being shot and killed, shot and killed by a police officer, 0.002%. That's all contacts, one year. The chance of you getting into a contact with a police officer and being shot or killed, 0.002% armed, while you're armed, okay? The chance of being shot and killed unarmed, 0.00005%. Uh, that's ridiculous. The fact that people are complaining, and, and, and Kilo said it perfect, is we would love for it to be zero. I think everybody would love for it to be zero. I think law enforcement would love to be zero. I think the city council people would love for it to be zero because ultimately they're writing checks with zeros on it and they would love for those to be zero deaths for a year. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. That just doesn't occur. And reason it doesn't occur, and Kilo said it best again, is you have people on drugs, you have people that are just suicidal, that you have things at play that ultimately affect the outcome and yes, even though unarmed, they are still a threat. And so ultimately, we have, a, we have a problem in this country, and the problem is not police. I'm going on a firm, um, dying on a hill stance and saying that the police are not the problem. I would say, and I said it in the post, is ignorance is. I think education is. I think it's people not being educated not understanding what law enforcement goes through, not uh, understanding the scenarios that are presented to people online. And I think ultimately um, their knowledge or lack of knowledge leads to a, an emotional response that is police bad because they killed somebody. When there is a reason for 99.9% or 99. however many nines and a five percent that says this is why we shot someone do i think officers are judge jury and executioner no this isn't judge dread and judge dread he would go out he'd go to a call somebody would pull a gun on him or shoot or whatever and at that point he could disarm him and then kill him anyway because that was judge dread this isn't judge dread we don't law enforcement and i say we but i'm no longer law enforcement we don't do that Law enforcement does not do that. They don't go out on a call going, man, I can't wait to kill this fool. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. They don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I, I can't wait to, to kill five people. It just doesn't happen. Bad guys wake up every day and go, man, if a cop comes up to me and he bothers me, I'm going to kill him. Bad guys think like that, but good guys don't think like that. Um, Kilo, I don't know if you ever knew anybody. Obviously, the military is a little different. And when I was in the military, it was, you know, what makes the, the grass grow? Blood, you know, and it was craziness in the military, right? So that obviously, the the thought process uh, was a little more aggressive. But, I mean, ha have you ever heard of a police officer saying anywhere, online, on the news, anywhere, that, um, they wanted to kill somebody. Has that ever been something you've heard? I mean, absolutely not. I mean, even even in the MP Corps, you know, um, I did a tour in Iraq, and e even after coming back, and you still have that, you know, a, adrenaline that you can't, you cannot find anywhere but war, and and only veterans are going to under understand what I'm talking about. Even after that, going back to garrison and going back to police work. Um, you know, where you're, you're back from war and now you're just pulling people over or maybe you're, you're at the gate. Um, uh, and you're, it's not just civilians that you're, you're protecting. I mean, you have trained soldiers, you know, um, and it's no, um, I mean, basically everybody knows that soldiers drink, you know, when you get alcohol and people are trained, you have to take that seriously. And even, even with that. I mean, there's never one day any of any of my battle buddies were like, you know what, we're just gonna go out and, and mess somebody up today. That's just just the plan. Never. Um, and and actually, we liked it to be boring. We wanted to be to have a, a calm night. You know, that's what we wanted. Uh, you know, we didn't want to have to go break up fights or, 
go to the domestics or you know pull people over i mean the the quiet nights was was kind of nice it means that the community on post was getting along and it's funny you should mention that because law civilian law enforcement is exactly the same way i've said it more than once uh, you know i would love to come on duty i would love to drive around i would love to see not a single traffic violation I would love oh, man, to come it would be in. an easy paycheck. Easy, completely easy. Eventually, my paycheck might go away because they realize they don't need us so much anymore. But I would, <laughs> right. I would love to come on and respond to a call, a suspicious person, whatever, do that stuff, and then not have to arrest people, not have to cite people, not have to, you know, do any of that stuff. And um, you know, I had the last department I was in. That was the majority of, of what I did. And I, I had posted this online. You're you're not aware of this, uh, Kilo, but I had posted online not too far back when I was officially retired. I said uh, the last year I was on patrol with my new department from day one to last day, not a single single use of force. I didn't punch anybody. I didn't kick anybody. I didn't tase anybody. I didn't pepper spray. I didn't shoot anybody. I didn't do any. I didn't tune anybody up at all. Not once. And for a year, that is nearly unheard of. That is a year on patrol. And I had no use of force in a city that's a reasonable size for for what it is. And a lot of that comes down to de-escalation. We call it verbal judo. That's kind of the thing going around. It was an old program that cops used to be trained in. It's not as uh, kind of upfront now, but we would use verbal judo and try to convince people to surrender, not fight, things like that. And, um, I was I was killer at it because I would go up and say, look, man, just relax, you know, and, and calm people down. I'd talk on their level. My best, my favorite thing to do was go up to somebody gangbanger, whatever they were, and get on their level and talk to them like a human being. And we see it all the time in, in law enforcement. In these videos that are released online, there's just cops kind of shooting the crap and talking talking to people, you know, like like a normal person. Um, the ones where you really see the issues are the, you know, the, the big tough guys where they're like, sir, you got to Nobody wants to be talked to like that. And I think, you know, training comes into play and all that stuff comes into play that ultimately makes um, a good scenario. And I was proud of myself for one year, one whole year of never getting any use of force. And I think that plays heavily into my next point is you have on law enforcement, in paramedics, in fire, lawyers, doctors, whatever profession, insert every profession here, you have good and you have bad people. And I think the majority, 99.5% or whatever, of law enforcement are amazing, right? They're just absolutely amazing. Great people, want to help their communities. Um, some are there for a paycheck. Some are there to really help and to probably do it for free. I did it for free. For one year, I did it for free. And so there are people like that. There are some crappy people too. There are guys that come in and they just have crappy attitudes and they go into a situation and make it worse. I knew an officer, he was a sergeant. Every time he showed up, he escalated things and he made things worse. And ultimately, um, you know, we, we had to kind of get him to go away, you know, and, and make, make scenarios a little more safer for us. And so I think we have these people that we need to weed out. Um, we got to get rid of them. There is a system in place for that. One of the major complaints online is that cops don't get fired. And I can tell you right now, they get fired all the time. All the time they get fired. You just don't hear about it. And generally speaking, you don't hear about it because it looks bad. Okay? Let's be real. Okay? A guy who sexually assaults somebody or whatever, they're going to fire him and get rid of him. And only reason that will ever see the news is somebody picked up on it and, and put two and two together and realized this was a cop. Otherwise, it just happens and they go away. And they just don't want to make a big spectacle of it. That's why you never see it. And I don't think we need to make a spectacle of it. Um, I think transparency is obviously important. And I think if we get out there and we say that, you know, we got rid of five cops this year or whatever for X, Y, Z. And I know my first department did that. They had a breakdown and they would say, 
this many officers were given complaints, this many officers were found, um, you know, uh, at fault or whatever it is, this many officers were fired. I think that's great. Get it out there, put it out there. I don't think we need to make a big spectacle of it um, in any profession. I don't think we need to. I'm not saying just first responders, but understand that people are getting fired. And one of the other major complaints that I've seen recently is unions. Unions are too powerful. They need to go away and they are protecting officers. And I can tell you from experience, not getting in trouble, because I was actually pretty straight, straight arrow, but um, I could tell you the unions have no, no control. If the department wants to fire somebody and has a legal and reasonable ground to do it, they will. And they have, and they will continue to. What, they, what the unions are really powerful for is going in and trying to negotiate for pay raises, trying to negotiate for vacation days, trying to negotiate for things for the officers or policy changes or things like that. You're not going to see a union that's going to ruin itself to save a bad cop. They're going to realize we have a legal obligation to kind of to help this person and some unions provide lawyers and things like that so they have a legal obligation to do that but they're like dude you screwed up and we don't want to be really in front of you and they may not be so understand that the unions are not as powerful and mighty as you think you know kilo can can attest to it in the military we didn't have anything like that we had the ucmj oh, that would have been nice yeah so you get in trouble you know, you're in trouble, you go see the, you do your court martial or you do whatever the process was. Sometimes it's a, just to your captain or whatever it is. And there was no defense. There was no, literally nothing. And so understand that the system that we have now is pretty amazing when you actually get into it, you fully understand and you, you educate yourself on how it works. I'm here to help you do that. Uh, other you know, guests that I might bring on might have things that they want to uh, they want to add as well. We might have some some viewer comments that come in. I don't anticipate there being a lot of viewers today because it's episode one. But uh, as we go on, this kind of topic may may pop back up again, and understand that uh, people will have some input on that. So let's move on to this video is pretty amazing. It kind of uh, goes into the stuff that we just talked about. Um, this is a video that I found online. It's a uh, officer that did a traffic stop and the mom uh, got very upset and had some very choice words for the officer and Kilo. Um, the system that I have in place right now obviously doesn't allow you to listen to it. So if, if you want to, I think you're watching the podcast kind of on the side. If you want to hear it on there, you're more than welcome to do that. I'll go ahead and mute myself and uh, play this video. Any of your questions? Give him your ticket. This officer is right here harassing my son. She already have his driver's license, registration, and car insurance in her hand. She's asking if he's on parole or probation, and he has to answer her. He said, no, he's not on parole or probation. I said, go give him the ticket, and he, she will not. She's just standing there. What are you waiting for, ma'am? For what? For a traffic violation? Okay, but you're making this dangerous. You're escalating it. Go give my son his ticket, and we will take care of this in court. You will not be the judge and executioner on this property right here. You will not. Go give my son his ticket. You have his ID. You can easily run his ID and see if he's on probation or parole. Not this child. Then go do your job. Why are you standing there? Why, and why are you holding on to your guns? Why? Your hand is on your gun. Go run his ID. I'm being violent? No, I'm not being verbally aggressive. You will not change this up. You will not create the narrative here that we've been seeing on the news. If he ran a stop sign, that's what you're saying, we will happily take the ticket. But I will not allow my son to stand here in front of you with his your hand on your gun. That will not happen. He's not leaving. He's standing right here. My son is not leaving. No, he's standing on our property line. We own this house. He's standing on our property line. You said he ran a stop sign, right? 
them the ticket, and then you can leave in due time. You guys, she done called for black backup and everything. Y'all share this video, because my son will not be the next hashtag. Not going to happen. If, he's, if you're not going to give him the ticket, we're not going to stay out here. Then go give him the ticket. Oh, my goodness. Mama angry. That's the angry bear right there. So here's the thing, guys. Um, I love this video because, number one, it shows what officers go through on a day-to-day. -day, and this is day-to-day. -day. This is I went through this all the time, and this is where that verbal judo stuff that I was talking about came from. You know, it's de-escalating and talking to people like, like a human being and like on their level. Uh, there's, there's no getting on this level. Okay. So as far as, as this video is concerned, um, this lady was completely out of control. Um, note. Okay. I want everybody, everybody to be perfectly clear on this. Okay. Please note that you do not control the traffic stop. You don't get to decide what's done. You don't get to have a say. You don't get to say he won't stand here for this. He won't stand there for that. Yes, he will. The law enforcement officer will dictate what happens with this traffic stop. From the very point of the traffic stop's location to the contact to how many officers they, that show up to cover to when and how they get the traffic citation. There is some law that says how long you're, you're kind of uh, reasonably held at a location. Um, and, and it says that, you know, it can't be too excessive, but an officer can hold you at a scene for 10, 15 minutes, you know, running your information, checking with the other officers, waiting for another officer to arrive. This lady is freaking out. Um, she's emotional, way too emotional, and she doesn't understand how traffic stops work. So first and foremost, understand again, that they dictate what they do and how this traffic stop is run. I have no idea why this this kid or adult or whatever he is is out of because we only see him really briefly. Um, we we don't know why he's out of the vehicle. Number one, you're not getting out of the vehicle. If you stop get stopped by police, keep your hands on the steering wheel, keep your doors closed, roll down your window, and sit there. And we will come up, or law enforcement will come up, talk to you start the traffic stop, do all that stuff. And they'll tell you what to do. If they want you to pull off the road, they, if they want you to turn a corner, if they want you to turn your engine off, they want to do all this stuff, they're going to tell you what they want you to do. And then it is in your best interest to do exactly what they say. I have no idea why the guy is out of the vehicle, but he is. I don't know why mom is there, but she is. And that does happen. Sometimes people call and text and say, hey, I just got pulled over, I'm over here. And then family shows up. And I've dealt with that a lot. I've dealt with, you know, who are you? What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And now I'm on the radio because family members have showed up saying, hey, can I get another car to come over here? It's not emergent, but, you know, can they come over and, and cover me because I just had family show up? Or he was following another car and the other car is pulled over. Can you send me a second car? I don't know what's going on. So understand that she, I, I believe, female officers, waiting for a cover officer to arrive. And that is completely fine. I wouldn't show him the ticket either because let's say the ticket is 12 points and a thousand dollar fine or whatever it is. I show him the ticket. He gets enraged and starts beating on me. And now I have the family there and they're beating on me. And now, you know, we're in a different situation. I would probably wait for a cover officer as well. Uh, the fact that he's out of the vehicle, I would call for a cover officer if I'm going to be in any close proximity to a person. So understand that that's natural and that does occur. The next point is, she says, oh, you can run my son. Number one, why are you asking why he's on probation or parole, but you can run him and you can find out? Well, I've asked lots of people, hey, on probation or parole. That changes the dynamic of the traffic stop because ultimately um, some parole requires that people get, uh, or not requires, but allows that their vehicle gets searched. That's information I want to know going into the traffic stop. I want to know, are you on probation or parole? Yes. Okay, what'd you do? Or what'd they say you did? That's what I usually say. What, what, what'd they say you did? Uh, armed robbery. Pooh. Now the little light bulb just popped up on top of my head that says this person 
might have been allegedly armed and I might need to be a little more cautious. I always asked them too, are you, uh, are you gang affiliated? And they would say yes or no. That's another little light bulb, red flag, whatever information that I want to know when I'm on a traffic stop. So she asked that and then they lost their minds over it. Go run them, go run them in the computer. I don't know if this car behind her is the actual patrol car or if it's off screen. Um, but if, if she's in an unmarked vehicle, um, there may not be a computer in the vehicle. Her only means of running somebody might be through dispatch. And obviously she doesn't want to be on a radio like this while there is a screaming, you know, person next to the window yelling at her. So, or, or head down looking at a computer when two people are standing outside of, of her vehicle. So she may not want to go run him or... Uh, which happened many times for me and is probably one of the most irritating, frustrating things in law enforcement is things just don't work. I run somebody, uh, name, birthday, enter, nothing, nothing comes back, minute, five minutes, 20 minutes later, still nothing comes back because the stupid computer crashed, it locked up, the internet died, whatever it is, I have no functionality to do that. Can I go to the dispatcher and ask them to do it? Sometimes. Sometimes the whole system's down. They don't realize this, and this may be too much inside information, but sometimes I do updates on systems in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day or whatever, and they go to do something on the computer, and it's shut down. The whole system shut down. And so they get on the radio, hey, dispatch, can you clear this person or whatever? No, because the whole system's out for them too. So understand that she may not have had the option to run him, and asking him that question uh, is perfectly fine and legal, and I I'm not entirely sure... If at the beginning of the video, she says that she he had to tell her, um, I'd be curious to see what that wording was when, when she asked for that information, because um, you don't have to, but it, it, it's good information, I believe. I, I don't believe you have to, uh, but it's good information to give. What you have to do is if you are on probation or parole, you're going to have to go tell that probation or parole officer that you were in contact with law enforcement, give them the law enforcement officer's name and information and um, there may be some discussion in the background between the probation and parole officer and the law enforcement officer. You know, what, what passengers did they have in the vehicle? Are those gang members? You know, they're not allowed to be with gang members. It's all part of their probation or parole. You know, whatever it is, um, that stuff might come into play. So I don't, I don't believe, I'll have to look that one up. I don't believe you have to give that information. Um, but some, that, that's here in Colorado. I don't ever remember somebody saying, that they weren't going to tell me and me demanding that information. But states are different. Different states have different laws. So um, that's entirely possible. So, so don't entirely quote me on that. Um, but I think the officer did great. I think the officer, you know, uh, was patient, was calm. The, oh, the big complaint. Oh, hand on the gun, hand on the gun. Um, more often than not, I had one hand in front of me and I had one hand kind of towards my gun. It was just my natural stance. I'm bladed away like she was in the video. I'm bladed away from the person. And actually my hand on the front was holding a knife because I had a knife in my belt and it was sticking up behind my magazines so that if somebody jumped on me, it was a fixed blade, I could pull that out and use it, never had to. But it was there and it was, it was a close quarters option if somebody went for my gun and they had hands on my gun, I could go to the knife. I could go to the blade. The gun, I had my hand in such a way that it wasn't necessarily seated on the gun itself, but it was kind of on the holster, which is kind of what she had there. And I was able to rock my hand, pull my, my gun up, and I tested it on the range many, many times uh, really, really fast. So if somebody got on me, number one, my offhand is on my belt away from the gun so that when I rock it up and I go to fire, I'm not going to shoot my hand off and I'm able to transition to that pistol pretty quick. So if you come up to me screaming and yelling and why are you doing this? And what are you doing that? And obviously we don't know what happened before the video started, right? We never do. Um, but something occurred that she decided she would start recording. My hand would be somewhere near my gun as well. Um, a lot of guys will have the vests and they'll stand like this and it drives me freaking crazy. Um, don't do that. Unless you got a gun up there, uh, don't do that. A lot of guys will 
put their hands in their vests, like through the arms, you're just asking to be punched in the face, stabbed, shot, killed, something. So please don't do that kind of stuff. That drives me crazy. But um, I would do that when I'm away, kind of on my on my own with the guys, and we're just kind of oh, ladies, and we're just talking. Um, but yeah, that stuff. You don't see that stuff, generally speaking, with aggressive people. You're going to see hands on belts and guns and tasers and just kind of readily available in clothes. And Kilo, I don't know if you can you can chime in on that one. Um, do you have any experience with hostile people and kind of what your demeanor and your stance look like? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I basically stood in kind of in the same, you know, tilted a little bit to the right with my firearm furthest away from whoever I was talking to. Um, and, you know, I, I always had my, at least my wrist was always uh, basically sitting on top of my holster. Um, almost always. Uh, it, you look at the, the camera angle, it could have been zoomed in. Um, but when she spins it around, I mean, they're, she has her foot on the curb and they're just right off the street. So, I mean, these two people are fairly close. One guy's not saying anything, which can be scary because you don't know, you know what I'm saying? And the, and, and um, his mother is obviously extremely vocal. Um, and you've seen her ramp herself up with her own feelings. Like at first she was like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and you have your hand on your gun. She escalated that scenario by herself. Um, so... You know, stuff happens, and you see how quick that happened. You know, by herself, just whoop. Now it's you. You don't went up just a little bit. You know, now she's even more mad. Um, for nothing, the officer did. The officer. That's just how. You know, you have to protect your weapon. You have to protect what's on your belt. And when people are that close, I mean, they could just go and snatch that thing pretty quick. I mean, they can have hands on you so fast. It's ridiculous. Um, I know in the, in in the army we did training where. You would have people six foot, um, you know, and, and you had to react to that. And people, people, even big people, they're quicker than you think. Um, even, even 10 foot, you know, even 15 foot. I mean, people can move on you so fast. And that's just the officer playing it safe. You know, that's a very open stance. It's, it's normal. I mean, um, I've, n I've never seen anybody put their hands up in, in their vest. Um, I guess maybe if it was hot, uh, I don't know. Um, but that would drive me nuts too. But the, the stance, that's, that's just normal. I mean, you, you have to control that, you know, that situation. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I would, I would think she was waiting on backup because if somebody walked up onto my traffic stop and they didn't go away, there would be repercussions for that, you know? I mean, you can't just walk up into a scene. You can't walk up into a murder scene and go, hey, what's going on over here? Hey, let me let me tell you how I feel. I mean, it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah, and at one point she says in the video, she says, I'm waiting for another officer or something like that. And so she's clearly set the the, the stage that we're on we're on my terms and we will proceed forward when I'm ready and I'm not ready because I'm waiting on this other officer. And I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, I think we can get excessive sometimes you do a traffic stop and you're like, oh, he's got a trespass warrant or whatever. And you get another officer, cover officer to come. You get a second cover officer to come. That's cool. And then you get like five or six more to show up just because they're bored. I think we can get a little excessive at times. And sometimes when uh, you're, you're watching those videos and you see them online and you're like, why is there 15 cops? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's probably a reason for it, but understand that, you know, sometimes it's just sheer boredom. It's not that they're trying to be aggressive. They're trying to be overwhelming. They're trying to be whatever it is. They're just, um, they're just at that point, you know, showing up, dealing with the situation, helping with the situation. They're going to disappear at some point if everything's cool and smooth. Um, you know, generally most departments are one man departments, one officer department, you know, in, in the car. Some departments you look at like LAPD or some of these larger ones, they have two officers in the car. And you, you may have, you know, two cars show up to cover one car and now there's six cops, right? Because they're all two-man cars. So understand that the number of officers is not um, an issue. It should not be an issue. 
And um, the fact that this officer waited for cover is pretty smart because like I said, I wouldn't show him the ticket. You know, if he, especially like, let's say he's, it's a suspended kind of thing. So um, in my state, if you're driving without insurance, I can suspend your driver's license on the spot with a revocation form and you have to go to a hearing to try to get your license back, to fight it and to do all that stuff. I would not serve that piece of paper by myself because that would piss somebody off, you know, to say that, hey, you're, you're, you're being suspended because you're driving without insurance, because you're driving without insurance, your vehicle's getting impounded, I'm going to search your vehicle, I'm going to do all this stuff, and I'm going to tow it because a search, inventory search of the vehicle is conducted on, on most any impound. It's proper procedure to make sure they don't put a dead body in the impound, and which I've seen almost happen. And so um, that stuff occurs. I'm not going to do all that stuff alone. I'm going to call for another officer to come and give me a hand. And she's smart for doing that. So, uh, Oh, for sure. I mean, especially since, you know, the lady was so mad. Even if she handed it to him, you don't think she was going to look at it? I mean, uh, knowing any parent, you know, it, it no doubt would have escalated further. You know, if, if that was just screaming you know, or, or if she would have really kind of flew off the handle, you know, we don't know if that's just kind of, you know, spectate, you know, throwing some, some stuff out there, but yeah, yeah, it's just kind of speculation. But I mean, you have to, as an officer, for sure, um, you have to be ahead of what you think is going to happen. Um, you can't be caught off guard. Um, you, you really for sure need to try not to be caught off guard. Um, going back to the, you know, multiple cars, uh, multiple, you know, cruisers showing up at one, you know, police stop. Well, you have a traffic stop and, and I don't know how uh, you did in civilian, but um, in the army at night, uh, it was mandatory. We always had to have two, two cars um, because it's just more dangerous, you know. Um, and then, you know, you might have a third car show up because it might be like your on shift supervisor for them, you know, basically. So you, it's easy at nighttime to have three cars, especially uh, on the military side of things. Now, civilian, I'm not too sure, um, but um, that's kind of how we did stuff in, in the Army. Um, in the daytime, yeah, it's it's normally just one. Uh, if it's, you know, it's a, it's a warrant or something like that comes up back and, you know, you'll have two, um, but, you know, uh, he's right. You sometimes you do get bored. You know it doesn't look good, but you know um, for the most part, you know if you see multiple cars, there's usually a reason for that. It's not just oh you run a red light or you know a stop sign and, and here's your ticket, you know, and, and you go on your way. Normally there's there's a little more to it, um, and you can't see that from four lanes of traffic over you know going 55 miles an hour. So. In the opposite direction, right? Yep. In, yep, in the opposite direction, yep. So uh, this video, I'm going to run this one real quick. We'll probably go a couple minutes over, but that's okay. Um, this one's great, too, because it really sets the, the, the stage for the type of people that police come in contact with. I have some choice <laughs> feedback for this video, so I will go ahead and play it through, and then uh, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, this is the final part of you guys are taking it if I don't wear my first up with. What? This is the final part just me or to you guys if I don't want to I'm just curious, like... Well, you got other books in the It states that as long as you can maintain six feet distance, you don't have to wear the mask. Exactly if you want to step within six feet of me, I'll gladly put on the mask. Okay. So would you like to do that? I mean, I feel like you guys are living less than six feet of each other. You're the one that approached us, so would you want to keep the distance? I'm six feet away, though. Okay, now we're six feet away, and I got nothing better than that. I mean, I mean, you I mean, you should probably run off in a global. You're the person that calls someone. You know what I mean? Like someone selling water bottle on the streets. You're the person that calls them. That's what you are. All right, Carrie, you're like the middle version of Carrie. Have a nice day. Really, sir? Yeah. Hold on, what's your name? Yeah, you know that. I'm ready to say. Okay. Have a nice day, man. Thank you. You too. Yeah, you too. Take care, Carrie. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for protecting us during a <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're like the male version of Karen. I love that video. It's amazing, and it was so stupid at the same time. Um, and, and by stupid, I mean the guy recording it, but also the officer. Um, I think it's hilarious, and I think a lot of people uh, will defend the officer. Obviously, this guy is one of those that wants to get online. He wants to get the five seconds of fame. He wants to be... 
you know, that next, uh, oh my goodness video. But um, I think he got, he got played pretty well by the officer. But is it professional to t call somebody a Karen and tell them goodbye, Karen? No, no. Obviously, that officer probably should have kept his cool a little bit. He looked like he was cool. He looked like he was handling everything pretty well. But you could tell he was frustrated. He was annoyed by this guy and obviously went so far as to call him Karen, which, again, hilarious, but I wouldn't have done that. Um, that's just me. And um, obviously other people uh, will, will have different opinions. And I watched this video probably 12, 15 times online. It's been passed around Twitter and everybody that I've seen posting to it thinks it's hilarious. I think that these types of people are what's wrong because you see them, they always go up and they try to push buttons. And you're getting guys doing this, which they start going too far. They start getting you know, over the boundaries and things like that. And then they get arrested and it just looks bad. And that's what they're going for. That's what they're trying to accomplish. And that's, that's what occurred here. The guy thought he'd be funny. And it didn't, it didn't quite work out for him. So uh, that's going to be basically it for the podcast. I did not see any uh, viewer discussions or comments in chat i didn't i don't see anything on discord so we're not going to pull anybody in which is why we're kind of uh, rolling through that portion that segment of this but um, please 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 if you're viewing this um, now uh, as as the first time the second time whenever down the road you're watching this episode and you want to participate with us please join our discord please come in here and i will pull you into the channel whether you hate my guts and you think all cops are bastards or whatever. Cool. More power to you. I will allow you to comment for a reasonable amount of time. I will mute you. I will move you out of the channel or I will keep you in the channel. And we will have a discussion like real people. And I will talk facts with you. I will not talk emotions with you. And we will go forward from there. So I want your input. I think it's going to vastly affect this podcast going forward. I think for that particular episode, it'll affect it as well as future episodes when we have that interaction and we have that, those people talking to us. Please join the Discord and, and chat in all those little chat box or the uh, chat channels, you know, with the text, post stuff to each other, you know, let's interact on Discord and make that a thing. Um, please join me on Twitter and follow me on Twitter. You can either follow the, the podcast Twitter, which is probably preferred. But you can also follow my personal account because I did show it on, on uh, stream earlier. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming. Uh, Kilo, you have any closing kind of thoughts? Anything you want to add? Um, no, I mean, uh, it was fun. Um, hopefully I get to, get to come back. Um, I just want to remind everybody this is live. Um, this is not scripted. Um, TJ's like, hey, uh, you want to do this thing, uh, you know, and a couple hours before going live. So um, I've never seen anything like it. I think it's cool. It's something new. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, and I appreciate you being here. This is uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to turn into something big. I know it will. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, we had someone in chat just asked about uh, Discord. Is it a Twitch thing? It is not a Twitch thing. It is completely separate. And if you look down at the bottom of the screen on Twitch, you're going to see a button for Discord. Um, when I upload this to YouTube, I will put the link underneath the YouTube video. And you can join the Discord server that way. That will allow you to use the voice. Uh, you're not going to be able to post the link. I think that's what you're shooting for. Um, I just have that feature turned off till I get the moderators in here. Um, ah, gotcha. Yep, no worries. And so you can join the Discord and chat with us that way. Um, text again in all the different channels, different topics, different things. But you can also join us during the podcast as well. And depending on how this goes, this could be a bi-weekly podcast. Who knows? This could even be a daily podcast. If this turns into something big and, and amazing and, and exciting, um, you know, this, this, could be, this could be something going forward. So I appreciate Kilo coming in here and I appreciate you guys watching. And anybody that downloads this from, from YouTube, I appreciate you downloading and viewing. 
and we'll catch you uh, next Friday. It is going to be the 25th, same time, 10 p.m. Eastern, here on Twitch. Thanks. Have a good day.